Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. My goal is to stay connected. I'm attached to the vine. That's where I can bear the most fruit. I want to stay connected to the Lord. And so I don't want to buy into these ideologies that are in our world that somehow I can do. We can do it without anybody else. We can figure it out. We can make our own way. And Satan will raise up some people that look like they did that. But let's say you make your own way without God. You get all the success in the world without God and you die without God. Bible says, what does the prophet mean if he gains the whole world, lose his soul, profits you nothing? It often seems like we can't go a day without seeing a new commercial for how to improve our appearance, status, or quality of life. What if many are looking in the wrong places for satisfaction and meaning? Today, Pastor Bill will look at the truth in Scripture that only your relationship with God will matter for eternity. Of course, we know that things of this world can be used for advancing the kingdom, but the danger is establishing your identity and purpose in possessions instead of the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 18, as he continues his message, Babylon is fallen. God says, look, there are people that Satan has bestowed this upon them. Satan has enabled them to have a lot, to be rich through the abundance. And we'll see as we go through it, the luxury and the things that they have, these are not necessities. These are extravagant things. These are over and above type stuff. And it says, look, Satan has enabled them. They become rich through the abundance of her luxury, the merchants of the earth, those that are buying and selling. And I thought of this, I was kind of meditating on this and thinking of all the businesses that exploit the poor. These businesses that will find, you know, sweatshops and they got people working in unsafe conditions or people doing just to make a buck, just to turn a buck, just to make a little bit more money. What will do to people? What will do to human beings that God cares about for a few bucks? And God says, look, there, Satan has endowed people. Um, there are people that are wealthy by Satan's desire, by his own plan. And this is part of this, this world system in which we live. Again, I want to back up off of this and just say for the believer, right? If we can be minded towards heaven, where we say, God, I'm in the world, right? But I'm not of this world. I am a pilgrim, like your word says. I'm passing through this place. I got things to do. I got to focus. I got a job. I got a limited amount of time to do it. I want to hear you clearly. I want to be faithful in my my outreach, my witness, my light for you. I want to do the best I can with what you give me. I want to be a good steward over my resources. Um, If you bless me to be wealthy, I want to use it for your glory. If I'm not wealthy, I want to, you know, I want to glorify you in in, in that, you know, whatever situation that I'm in. But be careful that you don't let the world in which you live help you decide who you want to be, what you want to be, how you want to live. Because again, I live in a world where the system of the world, the leaders of the world, they're all drunk on some other stuff. And so that thing that we call the American dream, I've always not liked the idea of the the American dream because it doesn't have anything to do with God. You have people that come. It seems great. America is the land of opportunity. And it's a it's a you you can have you can you can get wealth and you can achieve things and get a business and make money. And it's like, where's God and all that and die and go to hell with your business. Right. Because there are stars that die all the time. I won't name people because it's it's still sad they die. They die millionaires, billionaires, but many of them die without Christ. And we celebrate them. We do parades for them. We do everything else. 
And it's like, man, who told that person about Jesus? Because none of that money can go with them now. Right. It's, it's all left behind. They can't take it with them. It can't buy them favor with God. It's irrelevant now. It's just left behind. And that person has a soul. And we sometimes we get caught up and we we love our heroes and our athletes and our musicians and our movie stars. And I wonder sometimes that when those movie stars and sports people and people, when they interact with believers, I wonder how often believers are looking at them hoping for a picture or some memorabilia, not realizing that you have what they need, right? They don't have what you need. You actually have what they need. And that's been my, my attitude. If I ever get to meet or interact with someone that's a star, I realize everybody they meet wants something from them. And that's my attitude. I want to say first thing, I don't want from you. I don't want anything from you. I don't want a picture. I don't want an autograph. I don't want anything from you. I want to give something to you. And we just give them the gospel. They, they need to hear the gospel. They're in a peculiar place. They're being worshipped. Everybody loves them. Nobody's going to tell them no wrong about them. They need to hear the gospel. So we got to be careful about these things. Let's look at verses four through eight now. It says, and I heard another voice from heaven. So we had first the voice of the angel. He says, now we have another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Least you share in her sins and least you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup of which she is mixed, mixed double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. So we see now as we're in the end times and we're in the tribulation period, God is speaking to the saints on the earth. The saints on the earth are the what saints? The tribulation saints, because the church, if y'all did it right, right, if, if, if we're saved, where are we at? If you down here for the tribulation, you messing around right now. You you fooling around. You playing games, right? The church is in heaven. We've been raptured. We've been caught up to be with the Lord forever to be with him. We won't come back until the 20, the, the thousand year millennial reign where we rule and reign with Christ. But there are tribulation saints. God has been merciful and gracious in the midst of judgment. God has been saving people on the earth. And God tells those people, this other voice from heaven says, come out of her. Come out of her, my people. That's why I believe this is God's voice God says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and receive of her plagues. Her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. And so they're being called out. The tribulation saints are being called out. Stay away from it. Judgment is coming to her. Though, you're, And this is the thing, too. The, think about this for the tribulation saints. They're living in a time when even more visible than today, we can acknowledge that Satan is running things because God says that Satan is a prince of power of the air. But during the tribulation period, literally, Satan is running things. Um, the Antichrist, the, they're, they're all in charge. They're running the show. The church is absolutely suppressed. Any believers are, believers are dying for their faith. There's, there's nothing to support the church at this time. All they have is their hope in Jesus until they die and go to be with him. They're living in a very difficult time. And God said, look, don't get caught up. Don't fall into the trap. Her judgment is coming. A little, they got a little while longer. Y'all got to hang in there and stay away from it. 
And so we got to be mindful, too, that while we're living down here, it's tempting sometimes. How many of you guys have ever been tempted as you look at the world and prosperity and stuff? Who's ever been tempted in their heart to say, I, I want some of that? All of us, right? I, I see stuff all the time now. They know how to market us. If you go look at something on one website, then it's like, well, wait a minute, how did, how did I, I was looking at dog collars on another website, you know, and then I'm on another, I'm on a, a social media and I'm getting commercials for dog collars. I'm like, it's like they knew I looked at it. They're like, oh, let's hit them. Let's hit them with all the cool dog collar stuff and see if we can't get them to buy something. I'm like, man, they, they, they're on us. And it's marketing everywhere. People are mastered the art of marketing people. So we got to be eyes wide open, alert and aware. I live in a very materialistic society. If you're in America, you have, compared to a lot of places in the rest of the world, we, even if you seem like you don't have enough here, compared to somebody else somewhere else, we're rich. We're doing very well. We have more than enough. We got fat, poor people in America. So it's like the poor people in America have more than enough to eat. You know, it's like, so you look at other places in the world where poor is literally poor. They literally don't have enough and they go without on a regular basis. We live in a society where we have more than enough. But all you got to do, even though God has blessed you with more than enough, is you can look over the fence of somebody with more and become dissatisfied with what you already have. So believers got to be careful that we look to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. We, we just want to be grateful. Whatever, whatever state of life we're in, Paul said, I've learned rather to be, whether I abound or I'm a base, in all ways, he said, I've learned to be content. And then you know what? The context for the verse that we all use for everything else, I can do all things through Christ. That's the context for that verse. Paul said, look, I've, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I've been, I've abounded. I've had excess and I was content. And I've had not enough. I've been a base and I was content. I've learned in whatever state God allows me to be in to be content. And then he says, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. People take that verse. It means you can win sports events. You can do anything you want. Can you be content with what you have? Can, can you let God help you? Because I know a lot of believers that are discontented no matter what they have. You know, you get a brand new job and it's like, well, I got I finally got here. You know, and it's like, you know, just, just there's, there are people that are discontent no matter where they go and what they have. We should be content no matter where we go and what we have, saying, God, whatever I have is what you, what you provided for me today. And I'm content. I'm grateful. That'll keep us from this Babylonian system taking root in our hearts where we're greedy and lustful and desirous of more than maybe we need or deserve or should have. And these are luxury things we're going to see as, the, as we go through the list in a little bit. These are things that are in excess. So a couple of things about Babylon. The initial Babylonian story is in Genesis 11, where they built the tower up to Babylon. And I, I was reading a book that said the only thing that reached heaven was their iniquity. You know, they were trying to make a tower to get up there and, and they never reached it. God came down, confused their languages and put them back down. Um, but that was the goal then. And now that system and the ideology, people saying, I can do it on my own. I can make my own way. I can have my own stuff. I can do it without God. I can be my own God. That's all part of this system. So I want to be careful because I live in a world right now that has that mindset. I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. I don't need God. I don't need women. I don't need a man. Men, I don't need you. I don't need this. I don't. And as a believer, what are we, what's, what's the cry of the believer? I need God. I need God for everything. I need God every day and all the time in every way, in every situation in my life. We need him. Amen. 
And we're not trying to get into a place where we can somehow be self-sufficient without God. That's not my goal. My goal is to stay connected. I'm attached to the vine. That's where I can bear the most fruit. I want to stay connected to the Lord. And so I don't want to buy into these ideologies that are in our world that somehow I can do. We can do it without anybody else. We can figure it out. We can make our own way. And Satan will raise up some people that look like they did that. But let's say you make your own way without God and you get all the success in the world without God and you die without God. Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, loses soul, profits you nothing? So we have that truth. So we don't admire that guy. I feel bad for that guy. When I look at a guy that's like, I did this, I achieved it, I made it on my own, did it all myself. I don't admire him. I think, oh, man, he's going to die without God. I pity him. It doesn't matter how many billions he has. If he don't have God, he has nothing. Because I'm telling you this, in the next life, it won't matter how much you had down here. What will matter is who you knew and what you did, right? What's going to matter when you die is not, not even who you knew. Does he know you? Does Jesus say, hey, that's my, that's my son, my daughter. Come on. That's what I need. To, I want to know that. I want to know. Am I just, I'm, a, I'm a kid. I'm a child. You're my dad. I'm the kid. I want that welcome. That's the most important thing. When you die, you don't want to see Jesus as someone that he says, man, I never knew you. I wanted to know you so bad. I kept sending people to the, tell you the message. and I kept trying this and I sent it. And you just I never knew you. And now I never will. That's going to be the reality for some people. And there'll be other people that have received Christ, sins are forgiven, stand before God, forgiven and cleansed, and they've received as sons and daughters. Then on top of that, God says, now I'm going to look at everything you did for me and reward you for it. There's a beam of seat judgment. We get rewards eternally. We got to do something on earth that, that matters for all eternity. Y'all know that? Every day as believers, we have the opportunity to live for eternity. It's another reason why we want to be careful not to get caught up down here, because to some believers, they're going to heaven, but they're so caught up down here, they're not as invested in eternity as they should be. And they're believers that know the Lord. They're going to heaven. They got their ticket. They got their they're in relationship with the Lord, but they're so distracted with things down here that they're not really doing much that matters in eternity. They're not they're not they're not investing in the future. They're not. They're not part of ministry. They're not ministering. They're, they're not doing anything on a regular basis that matters there. Don't let that be you, right? Because all Satan can do to the believer, he can't take away the fact that you belong to the Lord. But he can distract you to where you become effectively useless, where you're not useful to the Lord. It's kind of like I had a kid in my high school that was a friend of mine. And we got to high school in ninth grade. This kid could dunk. And if you guys are in ninth grade, to dunk in ninth grade, is, that's, that's early. You know, most of the guys dunking is, takes a little longer to mature. When he came to ninth grade, his calves like Popeye, you know, like it's big old calves. And he could just dunk. He could jump and dunk. But he could never play on the team. He could never have the, he never had the grades to be able to play. And so it was this kid with this great athletic, you know, ability. But I was at a school that, you know, if you didn't have the grades, you couldn't play. And he never got to do it. Never got to play the sports, uh, he, you know, start football, but couldn't play after first report card came out, you know, and man, you had this potential, but this never was realized. We don't want to be that for the kingdom where God's like, man, there's so much I placed in you. I placed things in you that the potential is great what I could do, but we live in such a way distracted by other things that we never get to realize what God would have done through us. And so we want to be careful not to miss out on the Lord in that way. And so. Um, moving on now, 
The last thing he said in verse eight says, therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And so it seems that at the end, as we're toward the end of this revelation, the judgment on this system is going to come swift and quick and it's going to be destructive. It says in a day. I don't know that that's in an actual one day, uh, but it means it's going to be rapid and quick and and very destructive because it's going to take place quickly. And God's method of judgment oftentimes is fire. And he says here, she'll be utterly burned with fire because strong is the Lord God who judges her. Uh, Now look at verses 9 and 10. It says, the kings of the earth, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So the kings of the earth, the world leaders that have profited from this system, when they see it going down, it says they're going to lament and cry and mourn, but they're going to do it from afar. And so some believe that maybe this is, you know, nuclear warfare or something that's taken place. Those are things that we don't really know for sure. But the kings of the earth, those that benefit, mourn when she is destroyed. God says, look, there's going to come a time when those that were benefiting, those that were wealthy because of these things, God, they're going to be crying as I just burn it all up and nothing they could do about it. So if your treasure is on earth when it all burns up, that's devastating. But if that's not your treasure, if you don't, if you don't live for that, it's like, man, it's, it's burning up. It's all burning up. You know, so it's almost better to, you know, better to have been broke, you know, better to better to have not been that invested when when all everything starts falling apart. So we want to be careful that we are not attached, that our souls and our hearts aren't attached to these things. God says, look, that's the system of this world and I'm going to destroy it. It's going to come to nothing. So since God gives us the heads up, right, Jesus is revealing this to us in advance. So you wouldn't put your heart here. So you wouldn't set your heart, your mind on things of the earth, but we set our hearts and our minds on things above. And again, if you're someone that God has blessed, because again, there are believers that God is blessed to have. It's not bad. The bad thing is when stuff has you. So if you're a believer and you possess your possessions and you're a good steward and you use things for the glory of God, praise God that he's blessed you to have. If you're a believer and God hasn't blessed you with a whole lot. Probably because he knows it'll jack you up. <laughs> so just be be grateful for what you got. You know, some people, if they got two nickels more than what they need, they'd be off down the road, you know, at the casino or somewhere. And so God just just keeps you right where you need to be. Be faithful wherever you are, but don't let your heart be attached to stuff and the things of this world. Don't love things. Love God. Love people. Love what God loves. If you're going to give your soul to something, you're going to say, Man, I want to love, love something God loves. Fall in love with God. Love to see people get saved. I love to see people grow in the truth. I love to see people get discipled. I love to see people's marriages make it. I love to see kids grow. Find something that you love that God loves and invest in that. That'll be an investment that you'll never be sorry for having made it. When you say, you know what? I love to see little kids loving the Lord. Then invest in that. I love to see missionaries invest in that. So just invest yourself in something God loves and you cannot go wrong doing that. But don't invest yourself in things that God says, that's all coming to nothing. Don't be, you know, don't be that invested. Own it, have it, enjoy it, but don't love it. Love what I love. It'll save you from a lot of heartache. Oh, let me, let me say this real quick. So the kings of the earth, you know, they, they hate the religious system, but they love and embrace the, the economic system of Babylon. And so in chapter 17, verse 16, it said, the 10 horns that you saw on the beast, these will hate the whore 
Um, that's the Babylonian system in Revelation chapter uh, 17 says she'll hate it. But then in chapter 18, it says, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her shall bewail her and lament. And so, again, we see that the leaders, the kings of the earth, while they hated the religious system, they didn't like that. They love and embrace the economic and the political system in Babylon. So it's interesting that they could love one and hate the other. Let's look at verses 11 through 13 now. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon, incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots. And notice this, and bodies and souls of men. I'm going to come back to that before we're done. So I want you to note all these luxuries, most of which are not necessities. Maybe the flour and the wheat could represent things that are necessary and needed, but the majority of these things are not necessary things. But the merchants of the earth are mourning over the loss of these things, and they're going to be destroyed, and they're no longer going to be able to make money off of these things. But when you come down to the bottom, it says the bodies and souls. When I read that, I just had to, I'm like, whoa, you know, what does that mean? And there's, there's a literal sense here in that, you know, there have been times in our history where, where the bodies of people have been bought and sold, right? Throughout history, all over the nation, not just African slavery. There have been all types of enslaved people over the course of the world. Today, there's things that are happening. There are things that people do today that are atrocious, where they're taking young girls from other countries and for the hope and dream of coming to America, they get tricked and they get brought here and they get put into places where they're taking advantage of sexually. People are doing that to people, to human beings for a buck. That's a life. That's a person. And again, we live in a system right now where somehow like that's happening it's happening all over the world. There are places all over that that's happening in. And it's, it just is happening. And so I know I live in a crooked, perverse world. And I'm not confused about that. Here's what we need to know. Don't be a part of it. Make sure you're not a part of this in any way. That you don't sow into it. You don't believe in it. You don't practice it. This also is the pornography industry. There's another whole other industry where men and women are taken advantage of some that are poor, some that are got drug addiction, some that have been they've been pimped into that system and they're making videos and people are watching them. That's a, that's a whole system. These are souls of people that are being used for for gain. But people participate. Christians participate. If you watch pornography, you are a participant. You're helping that system go forth. We have to have nothing to do with these things, with these systems in place that are destroying people. Because as believers, we're supposed to be a step back saying, you know what, I love what God loves. I love people. I have a heart for people. When I see people hurting, it bothers me. It impacts me. We can't be part of the system that says, man, we see people hurting, people going through this, people going through that, and somebody's profiting somewhere. Someone's rich for it. There's not a more lucrative thing, you know, entertainment-wise in this culture right now than pornography. And so that's, that's shameful. It's sad. But it's the world in which we live. And we, we're not going to, we won't fix that. That's going to be happening until the Lord comes back. But I'm saying for the church, we should never be a part of it. 
Anything we could do to intervene, we want to intervene where we can. Um, but we definitely don't want to be a part of this because this is the system that God says, I'm coming for this. There's judgment coming for this. We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Revelation can seem like a long book to work through, but it's all in the attitude you approach it. If you look at it as something amazing and inspiring that God has gifted to you to understand Him better, it helps you see everything with a different lens. Revelation is cool. It's a mashup of all the best elements of a sci-fi movie. But in reality, it will bring an amazing resolution to all that's wrong in the world. Isn't that what we all want? Look at the book of Revelation with appreciation of who God is and that He's the one in control. If you'd like to listen to more teachings in Revelation, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you're wanting to connect with someone more personally about this ministry, go ahead and call or text us at 310-245-4811. We'd love to encourage you as you're seeking God for wisdom, insight, and understanding. So please pick up that phone and dial or text 310-245-4811. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today, and Pastor Bill will be back with more next time in the book of Revelation. Until then, remember who God has created you to be in this broken and fallen world. Don't lose heart and stay connected to a transforming word.